Machu Picchu, one. Machu Picchu. So we got pyramids, Machu Picchu. The ridges. Great Wall of China. <laughs> Great Wall of China. That's uh, two for Amy. Uh, oh, Noah's Ark. Doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you guys Atlantis. are doing good, though. It doesn't exist. You guys are doing good, though. The Temple of Doom. You should really get this other one, Amy. Mm. If you think I should get it. Oh, no. Oh, no. Never mind. Oh, uh, who is that? Someone else you're thinking of? The, um... <laughs> No, you already said Machu Picchu. I can't think of what it would be. I didn't say it. This, no, I this is a. This is a. I like this place. Chichen Itza. The Mayan pyramids. Oh. I always used to call it Chicken Itza. Oh. That's, why, that's why I didn't pass that's bench. <laughs> Chicken Itza. Chicken Itza. Did I say that as well? What about? You remember De Colores? The song. De Colores. Do you know how it's spoken? The only one I remember is the song. I don't remember that one. Dude, we used to be, we had like this like language lab at our school. Close the door. This is confidential information. Can you shut that door? Is this, this, is, this is it. Terracotta Army? No. Oh, that's a good, one, good one. We used to have this language Hot lab. Hogwarts. <laughs> no, it's not real. We had this what? language lab. We had this. We had this. Not, not real. Hall of Justice. <laughs> this Spanish teacher you, uh-huh. named Senora Lurman. And um, we would go in there, and she didn't know how to use technology. Mm-hmm. So they, we, they had to use the language lab. So it would just be like all of the computers would just say no signal. And so everyone in the class would just start shouting, Senora, no signal, no signal. It's not even how you say signal in Spanish. <laughs> like signale. We were all freshmen. And they just drive her mad, you know. So that was the eighth wonder of the world. Hmm. The language lab at St. Xavier High School. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I got in trouble in Spanish class. We used to watch like really cheesy soap operas. Um, Weren't they oh, really tele- sexual? You mean very sexual? You mean telenovelas? Telenovelas. Yeah. Actually, no, they weren't that sexual. They were almost sexual, but not sexual enough because they were for high school. And they wanted oh, to they see were it. made for high school. They were made for high okay, school. Okay, so say the, the ones. They get steamy, but they wouldn't get yeah, that would, steamy. Yeah. And I remember one time, it was almost about to like, get it on, and it didn't happen. I was like, and I used to just shout in class and be disrespectful. I was like, I, was, I got to say blue balls. I was like, Azules! Azules! <laughs> and like, I didn't think my teacher would get it, but she's like, why? Oh. She's a really friendly person though. So like, even when she got mad, she just. You like, were Juan. I, was, I changed my name many times, but Juan was my. I was Graciela from eighth grade till the day I graduated. How did you guys learn that? You guys For a Spanish class, Spanish, you had Spanish, yeah, Spanish name. Spanish name. Juan. My Spanish teacher wasn't that creative. I was Jessica. Ah. So that was oh, she chose it for you. Oh, yes. No, she was second choice. Graciela was second Jessica. Was there an episode of the telenovela? where uh, there's an exchange student from Spain and she has the Spanish lisp and that's how they teach the kids the Spanish lisp. Like, like what? why is your uh, accent like that? Like, <laughs> you know the Spanish lisp? What what was the Spanish? I never like, saw that one. Barcelona. Yeah, bas- like, they were like, Barcelona. Barcelona. Instead of like, oh, okay. it's, like it's like a different role. There's different, there's different types of Sp- like Spanish Ar- in Spain. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's like Catalan. Castle de Le- <laughs> is it like Le- Castle de Le- Who shall Le- this the, the lion one? There's a Lizzie on Spanish. Yeah, Sierra Leone and uh, you know. 
Welcome back to Biblio Podcast. All right, let's see if anyone can name the ancient seven wonders of the world. The Sphinx. Are some of them the same? No, because the the, the old wonders of the world don't exist anymore. The new I, ones still do. I recall, that was right Colossus Rhodes. I recall there being some variety of floating gardens. Hanging gardens of Babylon. There we go. Tower of Babel. I'm just trying to clear that whole... No, 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 no. Library of Alexandria? That was, should be, really but it's not. I don't think anyone's going to get the rest. I don't think anyone's going to get the rest. Great Pyramid of Khufu, anybody? Khufu? Oh, Khufu. Yeah. My roommate's from Khufu. The Ishtar. It's Ishtar. a pyramid made out of couscous. The Lighthouse of Alexandria. <laughs> Neat. Call, also called the Ishtar Gate. Ooh. Kind of like Stargate, you know, Ishtar. The Lost Ark. The Mausoleum of Helicarnassus. Mm-hmm. Classic. Yeah, that was Helicarnassus. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we're reading today. The Statue oh. of Zeus at Olympia. Supposedly. Saban, can you name the seven wonders of the world? Seven deadly sins? Of course I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, atrophy. <laughs> atrophy. Uh-huh. Um, island ladies. <laughs> Jordan's definite sin. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, getting shape ups every two weeks. That's a sin. No, wonders of the world. Wonders of the world. Island ladies. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, sins? Oh, no, okay, back to real sins. No, not sins. <laughs> what was the wonder? Wonders of the wonders world. Wonders of the world. Island ladies. <laughs> um, Wonders of the world, the Hanging Gardens, the the it, Colossus, yeah, that. Uh, too. pyramids, of course. Mm-hmm. What is the Sphinx? Um, wonders. I don't. That's about it. That's all I can remember off the head. Why does everyone always remember the Colossus? Because because it's fake. That was real. The longest name, right? The co- something at Rhodes or Colossus. I, I just see the Rhodes, so I know it's Colossus. I was like Rhodes. The, the, that first. Damn, by the Romans. Only lasted for 12 the years before it fell apart. The aqueducts, yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that considered a wonder? I don't uh, think it is. The Sphinx, I, I thought the Sphinx was one. Seven wonders. Is a painting? A painting? I don't know what this is. Preservation type of construction. Deconstruction. What do you mean? Oh. You got the the, you pyramid, got the Great Pyramids uh, are definitely uh, old. Like, Reverton's Phantasmagoria. Alright, so what's uh, what are we talking about this week on the podcast? Welcome everyone. Back to a one microphone setup of Podslot. Here in the room we have Andy. I uh, I just discovered that ghouls are Arabic in origin. Fantastic archaeologist. Andy, Andy, Andy Betch. We also have uh, Ghost of Dead Episodes, Amy O'Neill. I'll never live that down. No, because you're a ghost. And then we also have intern, Nolan. Hi, howdy, how you doing? Shmurda. Appreciate the nickname. We have guest of my house. Jessica Thompson. Hi. And we have Matua Sablon. Ice. I dot C dot E. I control everything controlling everything. And we're discussing the ancient wonders of the world. 
Yes, today we are reading uh, Reverton's Phantasmagoria, found in the Strand, in the Occult and Magic section. Mm-hmm. Why do they How? call it Occult? Because hmm? there's cults. That's what the, all that shit They're like, Hark, a cult. Why then, Jessica? I thought you were... You know, remember, because in the second one, Ray runs in a cult store, and then, you know, they check Tobin's spirit guide, mm-hmm. you know, look up, uh, you know, look up who, uh, you know, Zul and Vigo or whatever mm-hmm. his name is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's Vigo. There is only Zul. <laughs> but that answer <laughs> can't be that thing. wrong. It's a cult, right? Like, if you kind of, like, try to, if you break down the word, a cult. Cult is in it. Cult is in it. Cult meaning the, the governing institution. A cult, a. Uh, uh. Greek for something, meaning away from <laughs> or outside of the governing cult. You. That gotta be right. Uh, that's where I was well, going with it. Yes, we're podcasting. <laughs> Does, do you think cult has anything to do with culture? Gotta be. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. You know. You know. Um, I mean, a cult. You know, not mm-hmm. a cult, a cult. Right. I mean, like they used to call religions, you know, cults. Yeah. Until it got a negative connotation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, it has to because it's like the, uh, you know, the thing that's happening in society that's kind of like driving people's lives, you know, mm-hmm. so which is culture. Religion has a negative connotation now, so what are they going to call it next? Ooh, that's true. Cult 45. What are they going to call it next? Oh, <laughs> cult 45. <laughs> the, 45. Well, the definition of a cult is of or relating to or dealing with supernatural or magical influences, agencies, or occurrences. Um, it also talks about it being secret or mysterious, mm-hmm. uh, beyond the realm of human comprehension, um, and then other to typical practices or techniques. I did learn something. Yay. Yay. All right, so everybody, which religion's right? Huh. Zoroastrianism. <laughs> Baduism. Baduism. Mm-hmm. I like Baduism. The cult of mythos. I definitely subscribe to that. Mm-hmm. Me too. <laughs> you know, guys, I read um, The Call of Cthulhu today for the very first time, and I have been depressed all day ever yes. since then. It will you do that, Terry. It. Yeah, it's about, a, uh, it's about a gentleman who finds his uncle's papers about an uh, cult around an unknowable cosmic god that will one day eat the world or something. And, um, and just by Galactus, Galactus. and yeah. just by following the path and learning about this, he will die soon. He will go insane and die. He knows that he's gonna die. Yep, because he's, he's not the first person to do it. 
Maybe it's a commentary. I think it is a commentary. You know, what what if? I'm listening. What if, you know, if you got a high level like government official, right? Sure. Say now this is just, you know, whistling Dixie. Throwing it out there. But but you know, say you knew that like I don't want to say global warming is a little charged term, but just say you knew that like a catastrophe was going to happen on the planet Earth. Say you knew, and not many other people knew, that like the super volcano in like Yellowstone was going to explode. Sure. And you knew it was going to happen in the next 15 years. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, say you were Obama and you had to like go through the pageantry of like being a politician, mm -hmm. knowing that pretty much more than half the people on the planet Earth are going to die. Right. And you, you go a little fucking crazy. Your hair would turn a little gray. You, you know, your face would start drooping like a, you know, like a droopy dog. Putting like, the pieces together. What? Putting all the pieces together. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I know. But you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, maybe ignorance is bliss. And maybe, and maybe you should just uh, drown, drown your sorrows with, you know, booze and drugs. Mm -hmm. Makes me think of that uh, Dave Chappelle uh, parody of Deep Impact where he was the president. He had like the cure for AIDS and he like knew about aliens and he's just revealing this all to the public because natural's gonna hit Earth and everybody's gonna die. Like, yeah. Like, deep Impact. Exactly, right? <laughs> well, it's like, it's like there's no cure for Ebola except for the, you know, the white doctors who come back to America who got <laughs> Ebola. And all of a sudden they're getting treated somehow, you know? You know, like I'm sure there's no conspiracy there, but it's like, you know, Magic Johnson got cured of AIDS because he had a lot of money. You know? <laughs> Andy, it sounds like you're experiencing a bitter moment. A what? A bitter moment. You mean, you mean life? Okay. I was just going to Perhaps. say, I think Andy's bitter moment is his life. Thank you. Ow. No, no, no. I don't mean that in the sense of it. It's well, that's I how it came out. <laughs> no, I mean it, I mean well, it through Listeners at home, join the conversation. I mean Hashtag Ponslot. His perspective. It's not a moment. It's a point of view. There you go. Is what I meant. Last night when I was going home, mm -hmm. some guy at the bagel store that I was eating at at like 2 a.m. was just like, he was just like, he's like, how's your day been? And like without even thinking, I asked him, in what sense do you mean that by? <laughs> and, and he was so confused. A loaded response. It was a loaded response, but I didn't even think about it. I was like, in what sense do you mean that by? <laughs> well, how was your day yesterday? I was a little drunk. You know? Okay. Yeah, so was, you was up for the, the, that task? I was a little... I was, I was, all that? You couldn't have just been like, yeah, everything's straight right now. Just give me my all... Everything bagel with scallion? You couldn't have just said what that? I got everything. Sausage, egg, and cheese, everything. Toasted with hot sauce. Oof. Oh. Everything so, Andy, what's so troubling good. you? Awesome. What? What's troubling you? You know, it's like uh, <clears throat> being a conscious part of the universe. <laughs> In a form that is not built for okay, the to be infinite fair, to, exactly, dimensions of exactly, the universe. This vessel is not meant to exist. But we are not cosmically capable beings exactly. with our 70-year lifespans and our inability to experience radiation. Yeah, yeah, man. We can't even see in all the light spectrums, man. What are we missing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> what, are, what are cats seeing that we're not, you know? Man, fuck what a cat see, though. I'm trying to see what I see in, like, folks that are of like kind. Uh, like 
humankind trying to say. You're a, you're a speciesist. You know that, right? <laughs> <laughs> bye bye. I see a sheep in here, Sablon. What? I'm saying he's a sheep. Oh, why? Because he doesn't want to see what cats see. Oh, okay. So no, it's true, because I did cut off all my hair. Essentially, I cut off my culture, my antennas to the cosmos. I shortened it up to acclimate. I think the only I, I think bad. the only appropriate like hairstyles for people who are acclimated to the cosmos are dreadlocks, just letting it go. And then they can it. float. Yeah, you could keep stuff. But in there's up. still a treatment to it. For those of you at home, Sablon recently got a haircut, and it has been driving him insane. Why is it driving yeah. you insane? Because my aunt told me to get it, and my dad was like, "Never cut your hair." That's like your intent. That's me hanging all day after I ask you about your haircut. What about bald people? His haircut is definitely about you, Annie. No, I asked him about his haircut, and the whole day he kept acting like he was going to give me a high five and left me hanging every single time. So I didn't know that the haircut was. Can we bury the the hatchet right now? Will you give Amy a high five? Of course. I could give her a high five right now. Just how she's ignoring it right now. No, because I've played this game, and I've lost every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. That's why we can't have good things. We can't, no, you know, we can't squash That's the beef. That's motto. We can't That's why I bury say the, the hatchet. Because that is your motto in life. Yeah. Why is it called that? What's everybody's motto in life? That's yours, Andy. This what's is why we can't have good things. Yeah, what's, what's your mantra? What's I, your I don't know. I don't know. Come on. What's, what's yours? I'm going to go to India and hug a guru. And then he's going to whisper my new mantra in my ear. Big Nolan, what's your mantra? That's a, that's a loaded question. Oh, yeah. The first thing that you think of when you wake up in the morning is like, am I going to get things done today? Will I be able to walk across the Just like something. It doesn't have to be like a, like a big thing, I guess. Just like, it's like yeah. something else you What is your so philosophy? I'm full of references. I'm already going to say some Dave Chappelle shit. I wish what I is did. It? First, just hey, first hey, 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 smoke weed every day. Yeah. There you go. Good That's good. I like that. What about you, Donnie? Never turn down free help. Oh. What was that? Never turn down free help. Mine is don't yelp. throw myself at obstacles like life and death depends on them. Mm. See, these are intelligent. I wish I had something. You know what I mean? Like, I should have found a little bit more. Like well, it's just whatever you think. You don't, have to, you don't have to create one. You don't have to wear one on your arm. That's just, true. I do wear mine on my ankle. What's yours on your ankle? Let it be. Hmm. Let it be. Is let that it be. Anything, or is it just like? I mean, the Beatles. There you go. But who are the Beatles? Yeah. <laughs> are you talking about the lads What's from that? Liverpool? Yeah. This is in case yes. an archaeologist in the future finds this, and this is the only recording they find. Tell them. Tell tell us who the Beatles are. This is going out on the next Discovery Probe. Yeah. They they are they are a magical band. Can you can you can you name some lyrics? They're a group of four haircuts. Took over the world. One haircut, really. One haircut, four men. Who happened to get? And so they do. Well, since we didn't get your your feelings on it yesterday, um, Robin Williams passed. Yes, he did. But just just as important, Jay Adams passed away today. Tell us about this guy. Jay Adams. J.J. Abrams? No. Jay Adams was one of the people on the original Zephyr team. That, what? What's no, funny about cool. that? That's super cool. But the, I but, know you knew but, about the, that. but the thing is that what they did for skateboarding 
right. No, what, no, I'm, I'm, oh, what they did, what they, what they did for skateboarding, is uh, basically skateboarding was dying because it was like this stagnant period of like the only thing you did at competitions you would do like flat ground tricks mm -hmm. and then you would do slalom, mm -hmm. and uh, it you know people didn't give a shit anymore. And they kind of brought it back to its surfing roots. And so they would get out on the flat ground and just be rolling on the ground and like fucking just, just they were just, you know, scabs. They were just fucking scabs. Mm -hmm. And then they just, they're the people who kind of like, it was a huge jump in skateboarding when it moved from the, you know, really short shorts, like on a little tiny board, like doing little like, you know, was that a thing? Dancing tricks. It's pretty much. It was like, kind of like ice skating. You know, they had the judges, and it was just a flat area, and they mm -hmm. did their tricks. You know, there was no ollieing or nothing like that. It Wait, was, did they have ramps? No. Is he the same time as like Rodney Bullard? No. Well, what happened is what also happened. You know, there was a huge water crisis in California, mm -hmm. so a lot of people uh, didn't have water in their pools. Mm -hmm. So that's when pool skating started I and see. they were part of the, you know, they, it wasn't quite them, but it was, it was a little bit after their time, mm -hmm. but that's, it, it kind of like once they had polyurethane wheels instead of like rubber wheels yeah. and then the drought hit is when it started. And speaking of, of, of droughts in California, California is currently experiencing monumental record-breaking drought. And it's going to be a it's going to be a monumental return to pool skating and skateboarding. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait. Cause that's the only thing I like. Will it be Mad Max style since everything will get so intense and we lose all water? No, we've talked about this on the podcast before. You know, like my apocalypse version that it's that it's just completely mundane and it's not like this crazy thing. It's just like. Fucking everybody eating like dirt sandwiches and, just, like, <laughs> and like still gossiping about celebrities. Like, so just like ultra that, inconvenient. That's the real apocalypse. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's too lazy to go get a burger. It's like a lame ass apocalypse. It's, the, it's gonna be so lame. Of course it is, right? That's too of much. course it's gonna be lame. Shit. Oh. Everyone's wearing like pool goggles. Exactly. Because think about this. In, in a post, okay, in a, in a in an apocalyptic story or a post-apocalyptic story, there's always some kind of like eccentric leader that like almost the culture of their little like group bubble of civilization kind of stems for them if you think mm -hmm. of like the humongous in like the road warrior sure. you know he's like you know dressed like a you know S&M sex slave dude <laughs> and so everybody is in his little group and then they are there you know they're going around ravaging you know the wastes mm -hmm. but um think about this though who who is a leader in today's society that actually has any kind of charisma like Tyler that. maybe maybe you could say a Putin but like Tyler. what about uh it's Taylor crazy. Swift could have like a gang of Swifties running around gang of Swifties. But you, but, no but she's not a leader you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. like think about like old wet glove Mitt Romney like mm -hmm. that dude has no charisma and is a total weirdo yeah. Like he's a weird person. Like I would never hang out with him. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even want to play golf with him if I played golf. He's like a little wet glove. So know? would his gang have like white, white little uh, sideburns and button ups all the way? Well, that's not that's not what I'm getting. I'm getting at. And in the post-apocalyptics, that wouldn't even exist because the type of person who gets into a leadership role is inherently either a sociopath or just. Of the biggest square possible that they can't even see how lame they are. Mm. 
Well, maybe you need the apocalypse to create these charismatic maybe types. Do. Maybe you know, maybe, maybe people are waiting for it. Exactly. Maybe, maybe some gym teacher in Missouri is just like, you know, that guy. He's that guy and he's actually destined to be the greatest leader that this planet's ever seen. Maybe. But because he was born Exactly. Who's that? The actor who started a cult. The oh, 90s awesome. actor who started a cult. And it's really... Maybe the, world, maybe the world needs more of that. Or what about you know? Tom Cruise? What if Scientology... Maybe just maybe. That shit? You know what I'm saying? But I feel like that's like that's like an old world kind of like... It's lead. almost gotten too big for the apocalypse. Exactly. It's too big <laughs> for the apocalypse. We need, we need like... Brand new. We need like some Jordanism. fucking... Some c- fucking kid from North Dakota who grew up on an Indian reservation and like knows how to like kill and knows how to love <laughs> and who can take us and lead us into the future. Well, yeah, I think I think that you're probably right. I think the apocalypse and and leaders of the apocalypse are largely right place, right time situations. Mm-hmm. You know, so Andy, it's very. What if that man is you? I was I gonna say I was waiting for someone. I want to. I want to become um, like a new age union leader. Okay. You know, like like an uncorrupt union leader for like the millennial generation. Like the so you'd be like a new Hoffa. No, but we would be like we would we would not we would like look down on anyone over like the age of thirty three, <laughs> and we would just forge a new path. What happens when you grow up? Fuck it, you're kicked out. Sounds like kids next door. Oh, sorry. It's Peter yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. The Lost Boys. Andy Bench I'll be Lost Rufio. Boys. I'll be your Rufio. Right on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'll be in Robin Williams. Rest in peace. Oh, I'll be old ass Pan. Okay, now. You're not Peter. Oh, that's it. Perfectly. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I don't want to get back on this because it was so depressing yesterday. But I really want to know what you think of this thing. You okay with something depressing? Williams. Well, not Robin Williams so much as the social media reaction to Robin Williams. Do you think that death has become a pissing contest among Facebook? I mean, look, that's just the way society is now. Mm-hmm. You can't really get, like, bent out of shape because of it. So it's always been this way. Everyone's it's like, I'm grieving yeah, overseas of the most. It's this way. Mm-hmm. It's just everyone has a fucking soapbox okay. now. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. You just got to get a bigger soapbox. No, that's very fair. Yeah. But, I mean, like, like, can you really... Can you really complain about like somebody saying that like like rest in peace this person who actually had like an effect on my life? You know, yeah. can't really. Yeah, I just don't. Mad? I just don't like when people uh, politicize me. Mm-hmm. It'll be, be like, oh man, like this like Rush Limbaugh said mm-hmm. that Robin Williams uh, killed himself because he was a a liberal and. People with a liberal mind can't take the simple joys of life in. But that's funny. That's funny as shit. That's yeah, I know, I agree. Yeah. But it's like, uh, is the world a better place because he said that? I don't know. I don't think it's. Does it even that's matter? Uh, yeah. Does it even matter if the world's a better place? It matters. You're gonna ride People this wave like of chaos. RP Robin Williams T-shirts. Oh man. And sold them uptown. That'd be awesome. I think it does matter that it's being said. Because I think it's easy to say if you're not the victim of any of the things that he bashes and slashes and just... Does he, did he ever really, like, bash and slash? He was a, if you're any of these minorities, I think it does matter that there are people who are perpetuating this on, like, a 
national or global scale, like, or platform. I think it matters. You know what else? Robin Williams was an avid bicyclist, which is pretty cool. Very political. Any, like any, any named his daughter after Princess Zelda. What? Yeah. Actually, game so much. actually, awesome. I was going to. I was that we. That's sort of something we were talking about earlier. Was that it's recently been found that this entire generation is naming all of their babies after after Game of Thrones characters. Shut up. Khaleesi was one of the most popular names last year. Holy that's shit! That's awesome. Like Rob with two B's. Uh, so, if you were going to name your kid after a Game of Thrones character, what would it be? Um, Dragon. <laughs> Dragon. It's <laughs> a very popular name. Uh, I don't know. It was a dude. Yeah, it's a dude. Probably Bron. Bron's real sweet. Yeah. You seem like a Bron. Bron. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. You should do an interview. All right. Now we have. Now we have uh, some questions. For the audience, Jessica Thompson, you've come here very reluctantly, trying not to speak about anything, and as you keep saying before the show, and then every time the record button goes on, you have all kinds of opinions. Yeah. Is that or not true? That is true. That's mm. true. That's why I didn't want to be near the mic, because I can't. I can't resist. You're not even near the microphone, and you're still talking. That's true. I'm in the same room. Mm-hmm. Well, we have we have some questions for you since you're here. First of all, Uh-oh. what is it you do in your life? You have an occupation of some fashion. <laughs> um, recently, I've I've become fun employed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, previously, I was a technical recruiter, um, a staffing agency, working with software engineers, um, finding them jobs and whatnot, working with CEOs, feeling super important. How is it like and also very with overworked. The, how is it like working with the autistic? Well, quite, quite frankly, I, w- I would love to. It just hasn't happened for me yet. What else do you want me to say about that? Uh, my job. Uh, did, you lo- did you like your job? Did you like your job? I liked a lot of components of my job. Um, it's one of those things that on paper, it seems great. Mm-hmm. Um, the skill set associated with the job, I loved. Um, there's a lot of communication. There's, there's pieces of it that are sort of salesy, where you have to make the person want to work with you, so they have to like you. But is it vicious? But it's, it's very, uh, I hope none of my coworkers listen to this. Uh, it's uh, very cutthroat. Um, the, the office slogan was always, be a lion. And <laughs> who and ran this? Jordan Belfort? And yes, <laughs> crazy. He was a wolf. Um, that man. And, and quite frankly, um, it scared me when I did well. Because so, that means you were being extra villainous. That, yeah, and as much as it seems glamorous to kind of be a, a corporate villain, I was having trouble sleeping at night. So moral compass. My, yeah, like my, my moral compass was going. I like that you. Uh, I like that you. Uh, you actually listen to your moral compass. You know, yeah. a lot of people don't. Yeah. You know, it's, com- it's comfortable not to. It's was, it was a very loud compass. What was the most vicious thing you saw go down? Oh, gosh. Don't name any names. Um, 
You can use metaphors though. So like if someone was a cheetah, you know, ah. or if someone else was a gazelle, and then the lions, you know, that was a gazelle ripped it metaphor. limb from limb. Because the gazelle is the vicious. I don't. I, it's I guess. The victim. Uh, okay. So okay. Oh, yeah. I guess it kind of depends on what you mean by vicious. Um, in terms of like the actual job itself, um, mm-hmm. there's there was a the mentality that you're you're kind of always working. So. Um, so we, I mean, we got paid overtime and things like that, but mm-hmm. um, you couldn't really ever leave your desk without fear of if someone called in for you, right. people could pick up that call and then oh. take your account. So the most vicious thing that yeah. that I did or that I saw? Saw. That I, okay. Not trying to out you as a villain here. I mean, <laughs> we can. But um, no, so <laughs> I, had, um, I had fostered a relationship um, with a very high up VP, took a lot of work. Um, I was very proud of it. Mm-hmm. I was just getting lunch, you know? That's it. Came back to find out that they called in asking for me specifically at this company. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, we've been working with Jessica. We want to get the agreements in place, um, which would have been a lot of my money on my desk and a great account. Uh-huh. And it just so happens that my quote-unquote teammate happened to not be getting his lunch, picked up the call, got that account, and uh, took, it, took it right from me. How can you do that though? How does how is it how is there a system in place where you can just do that? Because it's it's That's just the it's the, yeah that is the system. So the mentality with that whole lion thing is business is business, um, and I think that was the main reason why I had to leave. So it wasn't just moral. I think there's there's certain pieces where it just didn't seem logical. So to me, um, their concern was if we didn't get that agreement in place right that second that they might disappear. Where for me, I always pride myself on the relationships that I created. So I knew that if I had to call them back, they're not going anywhere because right. they, they called me. But the office is like, oh, God forbid, we don't get this agreement in place right this second. Dude, so. We're fucked. Yeah. Like, as a, scary. we're fucked. As man. a society, you mean? Oh, yeah. Oh. Holy shit. Yeah. Can you believe that? You know how, you know how deeply dark that is? That is just horrible. Man, that's just... That dark. Oh, it's dark, dude. No, because you, you just gotta extrapolate. You gotta take it to the next yeah, level. No, you gotta take it to the next level. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. You just gotta see what's under. It's like a fractal of horribleness. <laughs> you just get deeper and deeper, but it's the same thing, and it just starts getting deeper. You know. Mm-hmm. Now, Jessica, on that topic, what's the worst thing you ever did at work? Mm. It could be sexual. <laughs> <laughs> Business orgies? Yeah, but I, I wasn't involved, so I had to kind of 
kind of say, the vicious part of me was being Mm -hmm. like, you know, fuck you for assuming that I would be a part of that. So business orgies. Just getting these accounts signed together. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like ready business. to crawl under the table too, if God yeah. forbid this like actually. Yeah, you know you don't. Uh, out with a lot of these people. You know one thing is uh, that they they should teach you in school is you don't dip your pen in the company ink. And I sure didn't. I sure didn't. I sure thought about it. I sure didn't. <laughs> Yeah, why don't they teach that to you in school? Why don't they teach you to interact with these vicious people? Why don't they teach you to balance a checkbook? They don't think it, they exist in school. Right? In school, it's like everything so else. Actually, I Great. Mm-hmm. What? The, with the Pythagorean theory? I never used that shit. Yeah. yeah. Pythagorean Still don't use never that. Use that shit. They should, you guys should do like fake names. That's what I like. What? Fake names. We do. Ourselves. That's young beer. That's right. So I'm the only one that's... Yeah, you're... <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that. That. I would appreciate that. Shmurda. And then Amy O'Neill. Amy O'Neill. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of what I have to say. Anyway. Mm-hmm. You need a name, I guess. That's my job. Well, it's as long as my yes, last name is a secret. Yeah, I'm honest to a fault. I always will say what's that's on my mind. And... What's on your mind? Cool. What's on your mind, Amy? Oh man! <laughs> and the on glass moment brought to you by Grease in a Coffee Can. Um, here with Amy O'Neill. What's on your mind, Amy? Anything super sexual? Probably, hopefully, sexual. Always, always, it's always sexual. Mm-hmm. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> As you once called a freak leak. All of episode from a previously deleted episode, my very first podcast episode. Can you describe that experience? It was drunken. It was honest. It was raw. It was raw. Like, what, the podcast? <laughs> that, among other things. It was raw like fishnet condoms. <laughs> what? Is that a thing? That's a, not a thing. That's an expression. <laughs> that's not a thing. I, I borrowed that expression. That's only an expression. I borrowed that expression. I hope that ain't real. Is that like you put a fish on your dick? No, fish fish net. Fish net. Because it's like oh. raw. Just like I thought you said fish neck. <laughs> fish net. No, that's good. That's really good. Fish head condoms. But I happen to think that that podcast was probably one of the better podcasts because it was really emotionally honest. That I recall from it. No one cares about emotionally honest. Yes, I do. I no know. one well, does. People like to people like to be privy to other people's secrets. Yeah. And oh, when they yeah, feel good point. Like good point. Good point. The, the, this private secret world, and especially, I think it might be appealing not knowing who's actually behind these voices. I think it's. it's well, we give our information at the end of every podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I How many people do you think actually look you up? And most people, yeah. if they listen to this, probably don't know who you are. So nobody cares. Everybody no. knows that yeah. nobody here can read. They'll look me up Everyone's after I'm sure. <laughs> and nobody paid their phone bill. You can't reach me. <laughs> I mean, we have like, what, a couple hundred listeners, probably? Do you think? Yeah, probably you know, a hundred. You know the metrics? Uh, you got the analytics on Are you that? privy yeah. to the yeah. metrics? I think, I, think, I think the last episode we got about 400 listeners. Oh I think this episode is probably going to get like 800 listeners now that you're tagged in it. Do people comment? South of Djibouti. Can they comment? What do you tag me as? I tag you as Jessica Thompson. At just so you know. Oh, man. Former. There goes my job. Well, they can't. Well, they thought you left. I did, but I have a lot of other opportunities lined up from it. 
access so much representation. Uh, no. are, they, are they from independent artists who we know directly? No. Then you're probably okay. Mm-hmm. Until this stuff really blows do, up. Do you see? Like, oh, this is actually not even. I don't think anything bad would happen, but I'm just curious how this works. Do you see, like, specifically who listens to? Like, like are are there like uh, just like you tagging us? Do people who listen have a tag, or is it just numbers? Um, we get first name, last name, IP address. Let me check that. Do you really? Birth? No, I don't. Actually, no. <laughs> and are you serious? Are you being all paranoid right now? I'm, I'm slightly paranoid. Well, I think it's my here, here, here we have a, a, a meeting of two worlds. What's, that, that's what's, why what's, you what's your zodiac sign? So what? What's your zodiac sign? Let me guess. All right. Yeah, you guys. Sagittarius. Mm. Wait, you said paranoia. Second, second guess. I, I had to put let it be on my leg because clearly I'm getting uh, paranoid. Lion-o. No, okay. you guys are all way off. Leo. Closer. Aquarius. Thundercats. <laughs> Thundercats are go. No, Capricorns. Um, Virgo. Uh, Virgo oh. is very like OCD and like formulaic. Like Virgo is my moon anxious. sign. Now, are you Virgo now or or before they changed all of the astrological signs? <laughs> That's all bullshit. I don't pay attention to that. But I'm I'm right on the cusp of Leo and Virgo, which I think is ironic because I can see both sides of my personality yeah. in it. But quite frankly, I could probably read every horoscope and be like, "That's me." You say that as though it's designed that way. Yeah, that's my. I don't, I disagree. I cannot. There are lots of um, zodiac signs I read, and they don't. They don't describe me at all. Yeah. Not at all. But I do feel, and whether you think it's a coincidence or not, I do feel like my actual zodiac sign describes me very well. You, but it again. It does. Yours does. As, well, as yours is, is. and he's Mary's, and he is <laughs> to a T. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mary's. Fucking as, yeah. as described, <laughs> everything about you. Um, you know, you know what's crazy. One time, I was reading my uh, horoscope. Mm-hmm. Right? Was it Susan Miller? Right? Yes, Susan. Like the best person, and um, it said on a specific day during the month that I would either take an unexpected trip. Or be embroiled in a lawsuit. Very specific. And that's when I flew out for iHeart Radio Miami. Wow. Subconsciously maybe planned your trip after you had read that? I read it. No, I no. I don't plan the trip. Oh. Okay. It uh it plans me. You know, like, it just gets sent, <laughs> it gets sent it, you know, I don't know when I'm flying out. But I was, I, I'm really glad I avoided no, that lawsuit. There have been several that have been spot on this year. Well, because Andy and I were talking about this before, which is why I'm jumping in on that, because there were several that we had discussed that were spot on to the day in our lives. Like, it's crazy. Now, I, now okay, so astrology. Mm-hmm. Real or bullshit? It doesn't matter. 50-50 combination. 50-50. I think combination of fiction and bullshit. But most the best bullshit. bullshit is the best fiction. The moment that I In comparison to, to astronomy, holds yeah. no weight. Yeah, astronomy is fake as shit. But astrology, <laughs> <laughs> it's, got, it's got a glimmer of truth. No way! Astronomy is just... A glimmer of truth astronomy to astrology. Astronomy is just lights. Astronomy is just lights in the sky. Astrology <laughs> is the light within us. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. but that's, a, that's astrology. Yeah. He's fucking so with that's you. A little, 
Alright. <laughs> okay. There's there's a book out there that does like to your specific day you were born. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever read any of those, but mm-hmm. that that was the moment where I was like, okay, there's gotta be some sort of weird truth or That's interesting. It's true. Oh my God. So I don't know yeah. <laughs> Look. I don't know how they come up with it, but I did, like so it's I sat science. there and it's I read science. I read like everyone in my life that was like close to me in that moment or whatever. Uh-huh. Or like, you know, my my mom, significant other, things like that. And read their, you know, specific birthday one and it was like shocking. Like the type of thing where I don't know. Yes. Was, I was like freaked out for like a couple weeks where I was like, oh my god, I know this whole component of myself. You say you're on the cusp too, because I lost one of the cusp. I'm like the yeah. last day of Aries. So the dude, it's yours more about like, that. yeah. It, it talks it, about that. So does it mean that you have more of those qualities for the next one, too, or some of those qualities from the next one too? That, well, that? The whole concept of it for like, there's there's like handful of dates within each when people are on the cusp. And so, like, in my specific birthday one, it talked about, like, what components of my personality lean more towards, like, a Leo-type personality versus a Virgo and, like, why mm. and how there's, like, this, this struggle and balance. And it was, yeah. I mean, it, likely bullshit, but creepily yeah. on target with, See, like, I life think, issues. I think there's always a uh, hint of truth in things like that. For example, uh, like, I can't stand, like, New Age bullshit. I hate it. Can't stand it. But, just, you know, but... I think that we are, you know, we are made of energy. We are made of, you know, star stuff, as like assholes would say. And, um, and, um, but the thing is, like, if the moon being in like a different phase can like make bigger waves, like, is it too crazy to think that, you know, the way that we're positioned in the universe or galaxy at a certain time can affect, like, a personality or make you feel different. You know, I don't think it's too far fetched. But I don't think I don't think you should stick like crystals in your urethra. You know. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, no, that's certainly that's that's true. The position of the stars and such could totally specifically affect your mood. However, how do you guys feel that because of the relationship to the Earth and the Moon, it was recently discovered that all astrological signs are off by a month? Tell them. See? Because the position of the stars is not what we thought in relation to the Moon and the Earth. Here's the answer to that. The answer is simply thus. It's just a name change. It's just a name name change. change. But everything else stays the same. Because it's just like, it's like over... Years, it's not like some like you know, astrological like tentacle monster came down and said these are what the signs are. People like fucking looked at when people were born and studied what when people were born at what time, like what what type of thing. But then they assigned a name and astrological sign to those dates. My girlfriend was born on August eighth. Was going through her whole life as a Leo, but uh-huh. now that the first date of the Leo is August tenth, my technical birthday, she no longer is a Leo. Yeah, but but the thing is, it's just like a rose is a rose, you know, by any other name, you know. But a rose <laughs> is not told what to do. Yeah. What? Yeah, but it's not like it's not like what they do. You see what I'm saying? Is no. That the explanations all. would also move with it. But then how but is that me? Well, I, okay, so you're saying that it's dependent you know on the birthday. Yeah, I'm exactly the same thing. Yeah, I okay. don't understand why nobody... I know, I don't All know. right, Amy, Amy, clarify. It's just the name that changes. 
all of those things still stay in place under. So it's the date, not there's the sign. No, yeah, like there's no this higher is, authority that no said you have this personality because of this like arrangement. It's just you're born under that arrangement, therefore you have that personality. So it's, if it's wrong, it just means that the, it's like the people in that area are still still have that thing in common. It's not like you you what I mean. You're moving a different aspect. See, there's two things. There's the sign, and then there's the personality. You're moving the you're moving the personality with the sign instead of just moving one of the layers. You know what I'm saying? Not quite. Okay, so let's but let's clarify because I don't want I don't want to I don't want this to be like an argument. So let's let's start over. All right. So, an astrological sign is assigned based on birth date. Well, it's your sun sign is when you were born. Your ascendant sign is what you present to the world, and your moon sign is your emotional. Yeah, but moons changes like that. First of all, you're going, you're no. waxing poetic on this, Andy. Who even got you into this poetic shit? Just, Shut up. Poetic justice. Poetic justice. He's telling me it's a tangent. Well, who was looking up their fucking moon sign and ascendant sign? more in the globe. You go ahead and explain all the right. I'll be answering right now. Okay. Now, Sablon, I assume you have a relative grasp on this situation. Can you explain? I have absolutely no grasp on this because I believe in absolute bullshit right now. Mm-hmm. But you asking for real? Yep. What's going on? Astrology is just beautiful writing. Mm-hmm. No. Ast- astrology, yeah, it's just like people having fun and just like calling to like their, their, own, their own heart. It's mm-hmm. like a little bit more drama than comedy because mm-hmm. like to me comedy appeals to the intellect and drama appeals to the emotions and shit like that. There is, dude. I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, I think what's totally different argument and I think it's probably dangerous to say but it's almost like if you want to talk like the the nature versus nurture thing Mm. like when do you start learning about horoscopes like I feel like I knew I was a Virgo when I was like 12 years old Mm. like maybe even less than that so every time I read things that were Virgo like I associated myself with it because I was kind of talked to so it's like oh the reason why my pigtails have to be even is because I'm a Virgo so that means that I have to be OCD so it's like for me like it's become such a like, especially in the middle school years, which I feel like are very like formative. That's the one formative. Your horoscope, if you want to be associated with that, like becomes a part of your personality. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, when I read Virgo, I'm always like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. But it, I think it's because like I, I was kind of like pushed into that. I was here's the nature. Here's the that. nature flip side. Yeah. I didn't read anything about horoscope till like a year ago, Amy. A year. Two years ago. Two years ago. Because she got me into it. (laughs) She got me into it. So, um, but when I read it, I was just like, my God, my life. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's not like I was like, ah, I'm just going to like do these things. See, I'm not saying that it's completely one side or the other. Like, honestly, with someone like you, it would definitely not apply. But for me, I feel like there's, there's definitely components to both where I've become Virgo-ish. I feel like middle school, I feel like especially our generation, you start doing so, in middle school, I did so many quizzes and like mm-hmm. magazines oh and whatever, gosh. and it yeah. totally like had an effect on who you thought you were so you can easily categorize yourself. Yeah. At the same time, bringing back in the argument about like astrology, it's like, yeah, I thought that, but I didn't really understand it. It's only as I'm older and I kind of like, am more interested in 
in outside of just like a really easy box to categorize myself in mm-hmm. that I realize a lot of these things are just true and they've been true mm-hmm. whether it's because of, not, it's not because of that sign but I certainly look at it and understand myself to have many of these qualities mm-hmm. and so you know and then when you do read something like this astrology you're talking about Susan Miller when you read it and it's spot on you do kind of start to have a little bit of like a change in your mind like well let me just keep checking let me just see if she keeps getting it right so and then before more... you know it you've fallen into this thing that you can't even i know for me i couldn't even fully accept like when i andy and i first started looking at it together and so it's like i couldn't even, i kept calling myself an astrology flake you're an enabler you enable all these fiction writers to you keep it up without me so it's not an enabler right let's uh Let's let's do a strategic pivot on the conversation. A paradigm shift. Sure. A paradigm shift twenty forty. I have a question for every like you know how we always do the questions and then go around and around and around. I'm familiar. Alright. Um since we're talking about, you know, the nature of reality or unreality or fiction mm-hmm. or or real, I wanna ask everybody, what's something that's real that you actually can't believe is real? That is, it's actually hard for you to accept it is real. Interesting. You know what I'm saying? That's yes, cool. very much so. Finally, something valid. We got one. What? That infinity is a real thing. An infinite space is something I cannot grasp at all and cannot accept. Mm. There has to be. There has to be an end. I can't understand anything. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> But I can't understand anything without an ending. Because you're. But I also, on the flip side, I can't accept endings. Mm -hmm. So that that will be the great battle of my life. I see. You asked a question, Emily. Phone call. Hello. The phone call will end. Oh. I'm like the universe. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean? Those are. I feel like that's something that is the greater one of the greater battles of my life is mm-hmm. not being able to accept that things go on forever and also not being able to accept that they end. Like your death. Um. Well, yeah, in a bigger sense. But even everything that ends in my life, I feel like is a death, mm-hmm. and therefore I do not like change or endings, Whoa. which mm-hmm. actually plays into my astrological sign, Scorpio. They Gemini, hate change. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right, Sublime, what's something you can't believe in? I can't believe that, I mean, I can't believe that. I mean, I made the choice to do that. I don't think I, I used to think I would never believe I would be a part of a union called a marriage. Mm-hmm. What but the fact that I'm in it right now, and I keep, yeah, I just, mar- I just got married a year ago. Mm-hmm. A year and change ago, and I never really thank you so much. I never thought I would, as a youngin, I never thought, oh man, fuck the marriage shit. That's just lame. How are you gonna be with one lady? This is perfect. Out of time. out of all the ladies in the world, yeah, all the guys and women. Out of all the the dudes and the ladies out there in the world, I would just re- re- regiment myself to the sexual nature of this one lady. Is she? Does she want to have an open? So you have a regiment. Not at, not at all. There's no regimen at all. But like I th- think that it's it's. I'm still like learning. I'm still like learning a lot of and learn uh, learning a lot of things about myself and like my 
my wife that's like re- really those are paradigm shifts like every like day every week every month there's like something brand new that I didn't think would happen mm-hmm. so out of things that I didn't think would believe would happen was that the question so you're saying you believe in are you saying that you believe in love do I believe in love of course I think that is a weird paradox that I think is intangible however though you can feel it similar to music like you can't necessarily see music even though there's music sheets but you could definitely feel that shit I feel like it's cheesy to say but love is a musical thing it's something you have to it's something like you have Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a cheesy way to put it, but it is musical thing. It's, very beautiful. <laughs> it's musical, but it's not not in a cheesy way. But as far as the way you relate, respond to it or feel it, I don't know. Well, to hate to quote a fucking I don't even like his music much, but I hate Neo. Let's just say, but it's like Neo's song. Wait, I'm so sick of love song because when you think of all the songs that you like. You say like Neo? Neo, yes. Great, you know, I want no beef. Schmerder don't want no beef. <laughs> <laughs> Neo, what, he read that song. When he first blew up, he had a song called So Sick of Love Song. Yeah. And not necessarily just it had to be about love songs, but any song that you connotate with some. Okay, so I'm in a relationship right now. I've been in a relationship for almost over a year. So, and we both are big music heads. We pass music back and forth. So that means that I'm tying music to my relationship already. You know what I'm saying? So there's definitely a similar vibe that you get from music and relationships. I, can, mm-hmm. I, I like your, the metaphor you said that like music. But like bringing music into play as far as like an influence, as far as like love and sexuality, music kind of has, at least for me, like growing up on like R&B and a lot of salsa, it's like they talk about love, they talk about how, the, the, the feet, how people don't agree on a lot of things and then however they get back together there's some resolution there's like some type of uh strategy mm-hmm. on on that ideal so that's kind of like and just like all oh, like the super freak shit it's like kind of so scenario is also cheek smacking music yeah definitely it's also a, you know what i mean it's like there's some people you have that pull with Electric. and it is musical it is what it is so no mm. so, is there something that you can't believe exists Every time you ask me, Nolan, watching this universe, can you not believe it to be true, buddies? Something so cool. I want to say something so cheesy and it's dumb. I was going to say just butter. Say it, just say it. You can't believe it's not butter. That's just so. No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, what? What'd you say? I can't believe it's not butter. That's just like so dumb. But. um, Isn't it basically butter at this point, though, if you use it for all the same things? (laughs) Well, you know. Real shit, would you? No. Not butter. Butter is better for you though. Better than margarine. Margarine's yeah, really margarine, fuck. Yeah, butter's way better than margarine. Is it margarine? Because of chemical and shit. Yeah, yeah. Margarine has chemical. a lot of chemicals. Do you, do you imagine? Do you believe that there was a time yeah. that um lard is way better for you? Well, yeah. Do you believe that there was a time like in the 1950s? You know, back in the this, this horrible 1950s. Give me that spam. Where, where, because it was horrible. No, because because people actually thought that like a TV dinner was revolutionary in the sense that like they're like oh you know processing food is the future mm-hmm. like like you know the dude with the pipe and like the socks with the girders the type of cake yeah yeah and he's just like processed food is the future with our and but, but it's like there's such a backlash now mm-hmm. that it's uh 
you know, do you think that in another 50 years, people will be, like, over this, like, you know, organic farming shit? Yeah. Well, I think, I think this might even come back around where it's, like, printed food is the future. That would be dope that would if be that will ever happen. The new so, thing to fight against. So you'd have to get, like, a protein toner. And then, like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Get a spool of protein up here. Get a spool of protein. It'll print out chicken wings for me. If they have guns for 3D printers, then they're going to probably have food for 3D printers, especially people on Mars who ain't got time to grow food or don't know how to cultivate it. They'll probably have plastic McDonald's shit. That already, McDonald's already shit. Oh, but here's the thing. That's something we would need. Yeah. Probably well, we need just like a scientific system to get more shit because there's more folks being brought into this world. We can't grow everything for everybody on the earth we can barely True. feed the motherfuckers mm-hmm. now so yeah. which we is why we have rice to feed the world and that's why we need gmos but you know what i feel like yeah but i feel like if people truly knew how to like if we live in such a there's a lot of first world societies a lot of third world societies but there's a lot of first world societies first i feel like second world you know transitional yeah transitional transitional country because it's like there's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of. It's technically third world, but there's like there's malls. There's like some weird shit going on, but there's like yeah. still come out of dragon. They just call it bazaars in other places. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Same shit. But I think there's more third world than there are the first world. But here's my thing. There's a lot more motherfuckers struggling. Happy. The people that aren't struggling though, we're so consumed by shit like posting about the political, the po- like the political shit of a Robert Williams post. Whereas we should be learning how to like seems tight. You know, if we learned how to like cultivate for ourselves and farm and shit, I wish I knew how to fish farm and shit. That you wish that somebody taught you to fish. I wish I knew it, because I've I'm crippled by learning how to spearfish, man. We I should learn how to fucking spearfish. If we knew how to do that shit, we could pass it on. We could have the food there. We're just wasteful motherfuckers that like to get fucking TV dinners and McDonald's. I don't like TV dinners, but I do like McDonald's breakfast. So you, eat so, you did eat a McDonald's on? breakfast in front of me today. Like, <laughs> when he was growing up, I was under the uh, oppression of my parents, you know? So you grew your food, picked it, washed it, chopped it up, yeah, and then went to school? All, all my strawberries. So you didn't have no Lunchables at all? No, I'm saying, I, I'm saying I did. I'm saying I did, but now as a uh, conscious, as a conscious a adult with a beard, I don't eat Lunchables. <laughs> I don't I love you are drinking First Diet Coke. Huh? You are drinking Diet Coke. Yeah, go get that aspartame. Yeah, man. and you drink alcohol. <laughs> That's all poison. Why can't you grow your own alcohol? I have, I have my vices, as any person does. Yeah, he's not, he's not hypocritical. I want to quote Black Jesus for a minute. Go ahead. Please. I trust quote, in you. Oh, Black Jesus, man. Right wanna, now with uh, Nolan, Schmurda, <laughs> Alexander. Trust in your boy. Black Jesus, man, he was... He's growing his own garden. That's what the whole series is about now, I'm re- learning. I thought it was just like each episode something's different. He's oh, growing his own garden yeah. on Adult Swim, and it's hilarious. The dude that made Boondocks is making Black Jesus. I will pitch it every day because I love Aaron Magruder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Oh, garden Keep going, though. That's what I was going to say. Okay, so he's trying to make a community garden in Compton. Mm-hmm. He's trying to grow food and shit, but he's also trying to grow some weed. So, look, this can happen. You know, that's what I'm trying to push. Let's grow this community Jesus. garden. I'm just, I'm trying to push that black Jesus. Uh, <laughs> In the meantime, Jessica, what's something you can't believe is real? Well, if tying just into what you guys are saying, I was gonna say love. Simple as that. You can't believe. Can you come over? Can you come over here? 
Yeah, please, um, please bring your uh, lovely self over. I mean, my whole thing is on both topics. Both of what you said is kind of the reason why I don't. So your thing with music oh, okay. and talking about, that's why I can't really think that love is necessarily real. Um, because mm. our concept of love is based off of fake love. That's and true. And all of these different um, like movies and what love is supposed to be, I feel like kind of disproves the existence of what it would actually be. Um, and I'm not saying it's right, so I can I can argue with myself on it. Um, and then, like, this is a safe place, Jessica. Yeah, definitely. No, I just mean so. I I just I think that there's different there's different things that are love like, and I could see you know ending up in you know a marriage situation, and I'm sure I will. Mm-hmm. Um, but would it be me? actually being in love as America terms society. it. I don't think so that are you just looking for like the right balance of fun and sex and maybe that's what love is? Is there some kind of security? I don't I don't know. I think I think that's why I can't necessarily believe in love because I don't know if there is a specific I don't know if that balance exists. And I think that there's also that animal component where I don't think we're really meant to be monogamous. So it's I true, the more people you have sex with, the stronger your immune system will be for your babies. <laughs> I, Unless you yeah. get uh, that gonorrhea that you can't cure. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Shut Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> HPV. You should you should all read podcast listeners. Uh, Chuck Cloisterman, I think is how you say his name. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sex, drugs, uh, and cocoa puffs. From William Gibson to sex, love, and cocoa puffs. <laughs> I've never I've never been able to like explain why I had such a hard time with love. Until I read that book, and then it all kind of mm-hmm. put all of the pieces in my head that I had been trying to like say um, in a, in a writer's you know thing because I'm not a writer. So. There you go. Right. So you put the words in your mouth. Yeah. Wordsmiths. downstairs. We gotta start taking stuff down. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. We're making our exit. Wait, no. You have to. You have to answer that question. You're the one that posed it. Who's downstairs? What's the question? You asked it. You said, "What? What is something that's real, quote unquote real, mm. that mm-hmm. you can't actually believe in?" Mm. Something like I, I thought you voted this. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't believe. What's up? Edit out this silence. I want to say. Do you edit things? I used to, but maybe not anymore. Okay. Um. He got nothing. Absolutely Not, nothing. I mean, because something. Andy no, don't believe in jack shit right now. Shut up. Shut up. No, there, there no, no, no. You don't believe in nothing. I'm trying to, I'm trying to don't believe I'm trying to think of how to put fiction. it. I'm trying to think of how to put it, all right? He there trying to gather his thoughts. I'm trying to gather my thoughts here, all right? Just, uh, Andrew some, has no thoughts. It would just no be. Heart. It would be something time. I can't speak from the heart. Time related? It would be something time related, like in the sense that, like, you know, that man was around for like 20,000 years before they learned how to write. Let's you know what I mean? Or that like, or that like we invented beer first before Ooh. wine when you just I leave grapes out and then wine happens, but beer is like this intricate thing. Mm-hmm. Or, or that, um, and like something, something that has to do with like time where in the sense that like we're closer, we're, I, I mean, I can't remember a specific one, but it would be like something like, like, we are closer 
you know how you read them before it's like where it's, it's, it's I, I, get out of here. Get <laughs> out of here, man. It's like it's like it's like advancement and and become human ideas like, are random. Or like when when the Aztecs were doing brain surgery and building pyramids, like everybody in Europe was like like growing beets and then Vikings were killing them. Mm-hmm. You know, they were like idiots. Advancement is not linear. It's like this weird like western view Vikings on the world, you know what I mean? It's, it's not linear, hard. exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and that's but, but but in Western civilization, we're taught from a very young age that it's this march of progression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's it's really not. One guy with or one or one guy or lady with one idea could completely change the game. Exactly. Or one guy or lady with a really bad idea can set everyone back hundreds, if not thousands, of years yep. and destroy us all. Mm-hmm. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> That's my cue. Oh, I don't know. Is that my cue? That yeah. Okay. Well, everybody, say goodbye to at Dick Statkiss and at uh, Nolan Schmerd Alexander, aka New Jack Native Ninety One on Instagram. Swoop swoop. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm a, I'm a, New Jack, yeah. New Jack Native Ninety One. I gotta do my PA responsibilities. That's the new shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's tight. That's tight to the mug. <laughs> New Jack. I have trouble believing since everyone asked me that. Uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's up? Uh, young Donald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> C knows. Uh, please address the, the lightning bolts out there that are listening. What do you believe in that may not be noted as something to be believed in? Well, I mean, there's, there's two things, okay? One is physics, because as far as we know, physics are universal. So like as yeah. weird and co- and and and, inf- <laughs> as weird and infinite as the universe is, they're still somehow governed by a set of rules, and by Muslims, by Muslims. and even in, in algebra. Yeah, of course. So somehow, despite there, despite there being black holes and 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 an infinite number of planets, there are for whatever reason. Everything works the same on every planet that there is, you know? And that's why I am also accepting but skeptical of reality itself. Yeah, go ahead. Because, you know, I am a proponent that we are in some sort of simulation. Which is awesome. Which is neat, but there's no evidence that this is the real world. Because it doesn't exist. Because it doesn't exist. And there's really no evidence that we have free will either. Because the only evidence that we have free will is that we think that we have it. When I was a kid, like my very first, like when you talk about the, the innocence of not really understanding mm-hmm. how everything works and that, what is it, like the id and everything like that, that you think the world completely revolves around you. Freud shit. So for me, it wasn't so much, it wasn't so much that I believed that I was the only one that existed and that the entire world revolved around me. Mm-hmm. I wholeheartedly believed that it was like, we were a part of this like dollhouse and there was someone moving me and controlling all the different things mm-hmm. this was like a six-year-old when i was saying this clearly i had a lot of therapy right and uh, so like i would walk back in a room or something and i would swear that i turned off the light but the light would be on and i'd be like mm, it's because my puppeteer forgot to turn off the light mm. And like I, I, re- I, there's still a part of me that kind of believes. That. Well, I mean, the only way that we would think that, okay, so like you could say that that you could have, you could say that you have free will, 
because you move your arm all around. And I'm like, you don't have free will. And you're like, yes, I do. Here I am moving my arm all around. But if there's a script out there that says, now Jessica moves her arm all around. Yeah, I'm with that. Then of course you would. I mean, I mean, where she thinks to move her arm Right. I think there's, I mean, there's obviously two sides of that. I, I think that I have very two, we've discussed this mm-hmm. in other quarters, there's very two pieces of me. There's like Jessica 1 and Jessica 2. Jessica Ooh. 1 is all about this. Mm-hmm. Puppeteer, everyone's controlling my life, like, you know, fuck, fuck society, mm-hmm. love doesn't exist. Then there's the other part that's like, okay, let's, let's get real. <laughs> let's, let's be adults here. Love does exist, I'm going to get married, and I have free will. So, I don't know, but I can kind of... Is the first that. side the side that doesn't want to accept responsibility for your own life? Dude, that's... Okay. Um, because... No, sorry. Maybe. I feel that way sometimes. Yeah. Which do you... I per- feel that way about fate. It's like people who believe in fate truly, like, the only thought that they look at as the, the higher self is fate will, will help me here. Fate will guide me here. It's like, it seems like it's not really taking responsibility. Well, However, sometimes it feels good to lean back on fate and be like, well, maybe shit isn't working out for me right now, but I'm the universe will work it out. This, yeah. Or I'm whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you kind of like, I don't really believe in it, but when I feel really shitty, I believe in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think it ties into like cynicism. I don't know if it's so much a matter of like me not wanting to take control of my own actions, be responsible for my own things, but like sometimes the world's just really shitty and like there's a lot of bad things that happen. So it's not so much like I don't want to be in control of it, but it's it helps kind of cope with it's like a coping mechanism, yeah, for sure. Coping mechanisms, shit. Uh, I mean, to harp back on the fact that what's real and what's not real, and like the what make I thought I was bipolar, but I think I've been diagnosed as a an acute form of bipolarism, which is called psychothymia and it's not and it's a matter of cyclo thymia greek for uh the thyroid or some shit something where it got to do with the heart at least what my therapist has been saying and cyclo meaning just like shit gears ain't really turning and you're up and down with shit and you're not you have no um i am unable to articulate when that shit is happening, when the, when these gears are up and when these gears are down. But when I'm up, I'm like, I feel like really juiced up and everything. And my coping mechanism is stimulants. Not necessarily narcotics, but just like things that'll get me juiced the fuck up. Therefore, it's like, how do I really address things like love? How do I, how do I really, even though my previous notions like that shit don't really exist. That's movie shit. That's R and B music. That's 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 where that notion only exists. However, when you do like meet like another individual that may influence that in a way that's like brand new and you kind of don't know how to deal with it, it's like you're just getting long winded, as I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And but but yeah, it, it and then there's like a replacement of what I used to cope with. It's like, who is you? Who the fuck are you? Why are you act, reacting to the things that have never been experienced before? It's like, what are we, what are we doing? Like, this is brand new. You make me feel. I have goosebumps, full of everything. Can I equate this to love? Can I equate this to something like that? Or am I just coping without the drugs? I guess. Don't know where I'm where I'm going with this. Well, it became your 
So if we're arguing what's real and what's not real, you just explained that feeling something new or having this happen became your reality. So then we can argue what is real. There is no real. It's only what's real to you. So we can argue totally different things because that became your reality. Love is real to you because you experienced it in that way. You defined it as real. Mm-hmm. I might not have found that quote-unquote realness, so that's why I don't think something's real. So then it's just to argue not so much is love real, but is real real. Well, also, it's like if your own reality <laughs> is one thing, say, like if we're talking about relationships kind of stuff, it's like your reality is one thing, the other person you're in a relationship that with has a different mm. reality then you suddenly find out that their reality is matching your reality and then you feel like your reality was never a reality in the first place uh-huh. it feels like a fucking neptunian sham it's like a hallucination no it feels like you have let the the wool be pulled over your eyes or whatever it's like it was a reality to you and that's concrete because it was you and it happened to you and that's how you concretely felt but if you find out the other person doesn't match it, you suddenly start to question your own reality. So would we say that what love is is when two realities match? match? In a lot no, of ways. <laughs> not at all. Okay. Not at all I, because okay. it's with my ex- previous experience, I was like really reluctant on the idea of love and the idea of marriage and the idea of having kids. And I would... I don't have any kids, but I would not one kid, not one at all. (laughs) There may be two. There may be two possible in Hawaii, (laughs) or California, but this is not a spades. They aren't registered. Not at all. They're not registered. There's no birth certificate, certificates or nothing. Not at all. Nor will I accept any of those. (laughs) Um, But it depends on how you articulate. Again, it's like two the realities enti- don't have to match. They don't have saying. to match to be in order for them to love each other, but it depends on how they articulate what they what they want from each other. In previous experience, my wife, all of the utmost romantic motherfucker out there, you know? <laughs> and how she articulated that made me think like, damn, that sounds amazing. How can I be a part of this game plan? Put me upon this strategy. So therefore, I had a completely different universe when it came to that. But a little piece of me, a little voice inside of me was like, man, you better get on point with that. That sounds awesome. She sounds, how she's able to define that was great. Get with that. But my real reality wasn't about that. So this little voice was about that. And therefore, I made a reality that was completely different, which meant lying, which meant a lot of um, deception. There was a lot of deception involved in the beginning of our process of us getting together. So I would be like, yeah, let's get let's do this. Let's have let's I'm all aboard. However, I would be I would have my back channels doing debaucherous shit, just not necessarily debaucherous. Because debauchery means sexual, mm. right? Yeah, so but just being um, uh, drinking and drugging, I guess. Yeah. And she's not about none of that. She's she's in uh, in the creative field herself. She's mm-hmm. like an established architect, you know. And she has these her chemical makeup just allows her to just ham the fuck out. Me, I think I need certain yeah. things to help me just work. 
period, just on a daily basis. So there's this me trying to, yeah, I'm, I'm about this. Let me do this thing on the side and then let's work this out. So there was this process of me and my wife just trying to understand what's real with me and what's, I knew what's real with her, but to have her understand what's really, who's, who's Matt, really? Who's Ice, you know? <laughs> because to me, I'm Ice, Matt is just like with this motherfucker, mm -hmm. you know? But she had no Ice in a sense. So it's like her, this process of her journey, understanding who the fuck I really am, that was like a thing. And that was like a big thing. Yeah, yeah, but you obviously made the conscious choice because I'm coming from a relationship which is the same thing, except like literally the same thing. The romantic and the not the literally non what could not literally be the same thing, but continue. Well, a similar dynamic, I guess I mean. Mm -hmm. A similar dynamic where it didn't work out because you it sounds you made the conscious choice to try to get on her level. Uh, yep. But if the other person doesn't make the conscious choice to get on your level, then it's like, then you're just living two different realities together. I agree with that. And there's a part where it's like, are you coming down to my level? I don't want, I don't want you coming down my level. Oh, I don't want to hinder this. you. I, like I don't this. want to be a detriment to your growth, to your creative process. Let the sandbag loose. Cut the, you're the, the dirigible. That's trying to arise into the sky. Cut the sandbags off. Like I felt like I was a sandbag, like a motherfucker. Mm. However, though, like there was some, that depends. Like there's two entities, there's two trains of thought. It's like how much empathy, how much love does this does the non-sandbag have for the sandbag in order to let to let them understand themselves? Did you feel yourself trying to de-sandbag in order to be? Yep. At every moment. Mm -hmm. At every moment. At with any discernment that came about, it's like, why don't you bounce? Like, cut me off. Like, I, I ain't shit. Like, there was a lot of self-deprecation involved. Right, you were just preaching right now to my life. <laughs> I know, I feel like I really, but I'm coming back from a very cynical space, like mm -hmm. I said, because it's a similar situation, but it didn't work out while yours seems like it is, but it really depends. It's a like, conscious decision that people make mm -hmm. because sometimes, to go with your analogy, sometimes you're both the fucking sandbags. Mm. <laughs> and, and and that's the problem. And Well, a dirigible needs sandbags, otherwise we'll go up to the atmosphere and explode. Yeah, well, sometimes you're both about to explode and so you want to do it together. Mm. <laughs> so, I don't know. I think, I think interesting. Um, Be you... I think that's interesting because like my wife is probably persistent than a motherfucker mm -hmm. she don't quit for nothing mm -hmm. the fact that she never quit on me i was like what's wrong with you? you you know i was like are you i would like to question her sanity i feel like this is a really like like slippery slope conversation it biting is. my tongue a lot because you have a ring on your finger no bring it <laughs> but up no don't me, bite your tongue for me when you talk about like as soon as you said that, that she's not a quitter thing mm -hmm. i think like that plays so much into like why I necessarily believe in love versus like not love. So for me, like the society's perspective of love mm -hmm. shouldn't have anything to do with whether or not you're persistent or not persistent or changing mm -hmm. or not changing. And that's why I have a hard time defining what love is because according to the books and the whatever, it's this magical butterfly feeling when in reality it sounds like most people who 
say that they're in love are describing something that's very like formula like like formula so for you Ooh, gotcha. you were more right. sandbag she's not and you were worried about holding back or and and she might not have left you because she's not a quitter so the idea of letting you go would mm. be just like quitting a job so yeah. would that be love to me Ooh. no that's what I, I thought the same thing and i'm not saying that it's not for you but that's just where my brain goes and allow me to probably yeah. help that that thought process yeah, let's, let's um, my i life. thought she was like that she, since she never quit on not a damn thing yeah i was like how come you're not quitting on this and she was like i don't know i'm in love i was like what the fuck do you think love is and she was like i cannot define it if i could define it then it's just a fucking like however i'm feeling pain i'm feeling when i'm with you i feel the utmost joy i was like how like i think it's that to me, through my, my lens, I was like, how when I'm doing all this dirt? It's like, however, when I'm with her, I'm all, I support her fully. At any moment, at any time, if anybody ever steps to her in, in a protective manner, in a creative manner. And I always look to her as a source of inspiration on how to be eloquent. She's a licensed architect. Like she can spar words with anybody. And that's what I look at as like, I would love to be like that. How can I be like that? And I've known her for damn near a decade. It's like, how come I'm not like that right now? But she could just ham out. With, she's like such a wordsmith. And it's like, damn, with, with an aggression and assertiveness that's like really cool to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how come you haven't just like just cut me off? And she's like, I, there's lots of times where I want to smack the shit out you, but there's she she states that when she's with me, she feels joy. She feels something that is not. So she can't. Ele- so knowing that she can't describe it, and you're saying that or she's she the type of person it. who can describe everything. As long as there's a feeling, then that's the definition of love. There's a feeling of joy. There's a feeling of happiness. There's a feeling that's nothing close to being negative. That's why she thinks she she can't separate and, yeah. and create a disconnection. And she's tried, and I've all, and I've been all about the trunk. Yeah, get the fuck far away from me as possible. But she's like, no, like that's like there's there's something within me or whatever in this relationship that has been there's something just too tight, too tightly wound. There's something there's like something there that's that she feels that she needs to stay so close. That helps her. That's that's a benefit to her, and that's critical to her being her love being herself or whatever i guess i still can't make sense of it that's the thing it's like man I, you could have been gone this is, yeah, this is, but at this point why do you even need to make sense of it if it's working and you're married and you're happy it's yeah. working for her and i've only just started to think that okay i'm around it's working for her let me stop being deprecating how about I just have some reassurance with myself and what I need to do and just challenge a lot of these templates that I grew up with. Oh, I need weed to, to think and be creative, so I'm going to just continue to do this. Oh, I need to, I know she don't do none of that. Let me put that in the background. Let me just do that when I feel like doing that. But in a marriage and a union like that, honesty is probably the best component in a union like that. And just like anything, period. You know? Mm-hmm. Like that's even your workplace or whatever. Like being honest is like the best thing you could ever put into the the formula. Yeah. Well. 
guys. That's really deep again. <laughs> I think Sublime has just said it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. If people are looking for more kinds of musings, where can they find you on the internet, Jessica? Uh, just so you know. Just so you know. Instagram. Instagram. I don't tweet. How about you, Amy? Immoral duct tape, not on Tumblr. Honestly, my Instagram is not going to give you much insight either. I just, you know, filter. Well, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, maybe, maybe the things that are worth defining are the things that can't be defined. Mm. All right, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Uh, I feel much too cynical to have anything to add into the closing thoughts. Well, according to Chuck Cloisterman, a true cynic would never... (laughs) Fictional psychiatrist Chuck Cloisterman. (laughs) A true cynic could never define themselves as a cynic. Uh, No, I do define myself as cynical, but I'm also deeply a romantic, but I also think that can be married to neurosis. Okay. I'll let it go. I'm I'm many a thing. I would never define myself as just a And on the next episode of Podslot, we'll be talking about cynicism. Who gives a shit? Why should you even give a fuck and fuck us up? What the fuck is up? That's what I want to know. You can find me at Donshot First across the internet. And where can people find you, Sablon? You can't technically find me because I'm literally, <laughs> spiritually just a wraith just cruising through this motherfucker. So for all you mediums out there, please try to find the Wraith of Sablon uptown. This has been an episode of Podslot, and this is what Podslot is supposed to be like. From all of us here at Onslaught Creative, we will see you next time. Three, two, one, goodbye! Nobody, good. (laughs)